What's up to all our sidekicks and hench folk out there in the Geek Nation? Uh, you're currently tuning into the Cold Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert. Uh, lucky episode 777, wherein we will review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics. And we're finally going to do the raffle with the JLA Avengers. So stick around for that. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of. Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Maniunk, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Super rad shop. Get your asses over here and buy my comic books. Joining me tonight are Brian Lieb and Noel Bartocci. Sup, fellows. Hola. Hi. That's, that's it. Come on. Yeah. Oh, okay, do you cool. want an actual answer uh, to that? Yeah. Well, uh, weather's being weird, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to rain all day tomorrow. Today was um, like mid-50s or 60s. It's oh, that's cool. Shut up. Hold on. I oh. forgot to say something. Uh, we're also going to talk about Moon Knight Episode 1 because Hal's in the comments going, hope you guys watched first episode of Moon Knight. Want to hear we reactions did. to it. Hal, you're gonna. Yeah, but not yet. Not yet. Later. Wait. Suffer through a whole Later. show until that point. Yeah, that's. I mean, if I got to do it, so do you. <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight, and thank you to everyone joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing, be here to no. Be if you like if you're here and you like what we're doing here, then you should like, comment, subscribe, and and share here. The joy of doing this live is me saying here a lot. They should be like here, them. though. You weren't wrong. They should, if, yeah. if they like it, they should be here. They should be here. You know what? Yeah. That's true. You can also yeah. email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com and you can join our uh, our, <clears throat> our book club Facebook group, JD's Heroes, J Mother Hubbard, <laughs> JD's Hero two. Complex Book Club. <laughs> Let me drink more. Hold on. This will Ah, yes. All right. We ain't got no goddamn letters, so we're going to move straight to the comic books. The first comic book on the docket is going to be Astro City. That was then number one from Image Comics, written by Kurt Busaic with art by Brent Anderson. The uh, the solicitation reads thusly: Astro City returns with an all new special. Who were the Jayhawks? How did they inspire five teen sidekicks looking for answers to hit the road in a rickety crime mobile in 1969? Nice. And how will this affect Astro City in the present? This one-shot special features new and existing heroes and launches a mystery that will drive the forthcoming Astro City series. Hey, uh, guys on the show who are currently joining me, raise your hands if you have a previous experience with Astro City. <clears throat> All right, so Noel, you're a newcomer. No, so you're a no-comer. A no um, then I'll, I'll let you I, kick us off then. Uh, I think I've been, I, I've been... I have a feeling. I don't want... 
I don't want to speak for Brian, but I'm gonna right now. I'm sure he loves Astro City. Uh, you're really speaking for yourself when you say that, but you are right. You. Thank you. You are sure that I love it. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, I'm going to speak for Brian. He loves yeah. Astro City. I do. You're right, J.D. You're right about that. Thank you. Thank you. No, <laughs> but, no. Yeah. Uh, being a no-comer to Astro City, how did you find it? Well, to, Not, like, lo- location-wise, but, like, how did you enjoy it? To be to be clear, I've been a no-comer since, like, 13, 14 years of age. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, semen. Ejaculate. <laughs> Never say that again. In that voice. Um, Ejaculate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like, it's, uh, that's it's clinical. Like they, like they very always descriptive. say, e- ejaculator. They do say that. And I don't, I don't like it when they say it. <laughs> they say it. I, I, I brought it. <laughs> like, I don't know what you mean. I brought this on myself. I understand. Um, I Astro City is one of those things that, it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into a, a story about Astro City. Astro City is one of those series that's um, uh, elusively is always been out of reach, and since it's been out of reach that long for me, uh, there is a sense of what's what I'm looking for uh, impenetrability. Uh, but then also yeah. everyone. Everyone is so wildly effusive on how fucking phenomenal it is that I almost don't want to read it as much. There's still that little piece of me in there that's just like the more people tell you to read it, to read it, to read it, it becomes a chore as opposed to something I want to explore. So I'm trying to get over that part. Uh, I did with Lucifer. I am still attempting to with Sandman. I mostly did with Fables. Astro City is like the next one. Um, my excuse for a long time was that it was mostly or almost entirely out of print. However, mm-hmm. they did just release the first Metro book, which collects the first 19 issues. Um, and uh, Busick actually says in the back matter of this book that there were overall there will be 19 or sorry, six Metro books collections that will be the whole series up to date. So. Yeah, that was exciting. I wasn't. I didn't know that they were doing. Yeah, so they're uh, they're reprinting all of it. They're yeah. exploring all the formats, and I guess in the next year or so, there will be a legit monthly series or a series of miniseries or whatever. Um, so yeah, this was my very first experience read like not just knowing about because I know the pitch of Astro City. You're in. You read comics long enough, you know the pitch. But this is the first time I've actually read any of it. And then what did you think of it? Oh, I I, I thought this was just the beginning. Um, It was fine. It was nice. It goes on. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. It's like, um, I, I followed it, but I wasn't sure if I was supposed to get more out of it, having not known anybody or if they were new. There's a, they are 90% new just to, if not more. I kind of suspected that, especially after reading the back matter, but then. Yeah. The way it's wrapped up with like, you know, it's a mem- the, the entire issue, like the story structure of the issue is somebody speaking in third person about mm-hmm. something that happened back then. And we're seeing what happened back then. But then it comes to you, you. I guess you get you get to see who's narrating. It's ghosts. I don't know. But then they make reference to um, Samaritan Samaritan. And yes, that part felt like an inside nod or joke that I don't understand. So then it made the whole kind of issue feel like 
was I supposed to get something else out of this other than just a nice story? So I was a little, not confused, but kind of like, okay, okay, it's cool. You know, like I didn't know if it was for me or not. Does that make sense? Sure. But I liked it. I'll keep reading. I'm very, I'm very excited to, because I, I purchased a Metro book. I'm very excited to mm. knock it out. See what's I up. think you're going to dig it. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Astro but City. Everyone has that one yeah. of those couple of those series though, right? It's just like read all of Strangers in Paradise. It's the best thing you've ever done. Go. Like, ooh, okay. Uh. Never read that one. Um it, it is one of the best things. Astro ever City. <laughs> is it? I don't even know what it's about. I know nothing but the title on that one. Um but uh this book, no, yeah, I think that's what this one was. It was this thing um, about a time period and group of heroes that they haven't shown too much of. I mean, they've shown the 60s, but I guess mostly just this this time period. Oh, Todd Engel says, Astro City is up and down. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's really your dad's comic or your grandpa's. Todd Engel, I grew up mostly reading, like, really going for the Silver Age back issues. So, uh... I was- those are my comments. I was too. gonna. I yeah. was gonna. After you were done with your full thought, I was going to say what Todd Engel said. But what were you saying before? Um. <laughs> so anyway, this issue is, uh, just kind of like a little, like it, like it said in the solicit, like a little mini story that is leading into their their ongoing. I was glad to hear in the solicit that that is the case. So is this like a zero issue? Is it supposed to be a little bit obtuse? I mean, it's it's really yeah. well done. I like. I hope you guys don't think I'm disparaging yeah. it. This was a very yeah. delightful yeah. read, but the yeah. third act of this one issue felt like it was referring to things that I just don't know yet. So if it, the yeah, it felt yeah, but it's not yeah. just it's not just the one scene with the Samaritan. The way that the narration leans into him, yeah. it makes it made me think for a minute, like. Oh, was I supposed to understand a reference before, or was I right. supposed to so, get a connection no. before? It was just the way that it was no, kind of structured. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, it, it didn't hurt it. It I was think, just like maybe this isn't yeah. mine yet, right? So, Astro City is, I, I think. So, some of my favorite issues, some of my favorite single issues, including one that's on the comic racket behind me, just above my shoulder, um, is one of my all-time favorite single issues, and. Um, it is it is great for a very long time, and then it gets into you know some of the later miniseries. I'm like, eh, this is still good. I'm just I'm not as interested. It's not as like just like transcendent um, for me as some of the other stuff. And so this, I was kind of like, all right, let's see, let's see what we got. And I was pleasantly surprised that it felt. A little more like the old Astro City. It's a little bit more of the same. It's not breaking that new nostalgia ground mm-hmm. that it was when it first came out. Um, but it was still cool. And then I like seeing that there is, like, this is a setup for something coming, mm-hmm. you know, yet to come. Makes it even cooler. Like, I enjoyed this story, but it wasn't much of anything. And then I'm like, oh, hey, it's I, it's something. There is having, something. Having read the back matter, too, he, um, uh, Bisek actually puts together a little like essay of like what's going on and what's been going on about the history of the series mm-hmm. in here. And he does mention that the way that it's structured or has always been structured is a lot of short stories with an, uh, an overarch kind of happening in the background that 
you know, bubbles up here and there. After reading that, I was, you know, it was much more like, oh, okay, well, maybe, yeah. I I don't know. It just kind of clicked a little bit more. Like, before I read this, I was... And those short... Huh? Those short stories even are more full stories that he's talking about. Like, there's, there's like, some hints going on in stuff that you later find out about, but it's not like... um, it's just a story being filled mm-hmm. out while other cool stories are being told. Yeah, this was um, this was it was solid. It, it does feel because I like I said I've been reading on and off. I've been reading fables. It feels very much like fables, like a lot. Um, oh, yeah, right. in hmm. in tone, very much like fables because it's it's very um, rever- referential and um, nostalgic. Uh, like half of fables is just like, you know, it's a little bit of procedural, but it's also very, very steeped in nostalgia and or, you know, no uh, popular uh, understanding of f- fables uh, of, of fairy tale creatures. And that's what this feels like. But for superheroes, it feels very referential. Oh, it, feels, all it feels very yeah. nostalgic I mean, and it, it yeah. tells procedural and or kind of modern uh, allegories. I don't know why I did air quotes because it is a modern allegory when it comes to like the, <laughs> the alt right, but <laughs> which was really cool. That was actually my favorite part of this issue. The the whole kind of subplot of that like alt right contingent and telling kids that they're stupid and like that was really cool. Uh, uh, JD, what did you think? I don't even think you got to, to chime in. I loved it. Um, you know, I I feel the same way um, that I think that Todd Engel had mentioned down below and, and even Brian had said that uh, it starts off really, really strong and then there's peaks and valleys as it goes. Um, and I think that the schedule for this book has been a huge detriment. However, that being said, I was excited for it to return and I thought this was delightful. I do. I'm a Teen Titans fan and this felt very Teen Titans-y to me, so I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um <clears throat> My, fa- my favorite is uh, rivets. There's a scene in here with rivets, and they're all, they're, they, you know, uh, basically the original Teen Titans have all perished, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um, and the very first scene is uh, the camera going through the ghosts of the original team members in order to focus in on the current team members, which I thought was really cool. Um, but then there's a scene oh. later, they're all having a... Uh, That's what that was? They're all having a... Yeah, I did yeah. not get that, but you're absolutely huh. right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, what's this weird coloring stuff at the oh, yeah. beginning? And then I totally forgot I thought it was like it. a memory. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like, do you No, I, I saw it. I, the, you know, I saw the first page and I went, oh, we're going to see that again. What is that? And then when, I, hmm. when we find at the end that there are ghosts and we can see through them, I was like, oh, that's what that is. <clears throat> um, but anyway, they're having a, a campfire and Rivets, my man Rivets, just, who's a robot... <clears throat> He's, you know, he's been doing his own thinking. Uh, one of the characters decides uh, that he's going to sort of, he's not, he's not really a teen anymore. He's going to get a new, he's going to be basically Nightwing, right? He's going to graduate from being Robin to Nightwing, which is sort of what the pastiche is doing. And Rivets is like, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. I, I might, you know, change my name and, and be more of an, I can upgrade to an adult body if I want to. And then he's just sort of pontificating and going on. And then at the end he goes, uh, the data I gathered would get used, which troubles me. I mean, science is good. It led to me after all, but its track record is questionable. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think the world would be better off if, you know, humans were eliminated uh, 
let the plants and animals start over. And everyone kind of screeches to a halt like, uh, rivets? What? I'm sorry, <laughs> what did you? Um, what a great, I really love that scene. Um, and I understand what Noel is saying, but I, you don't really need to know much about the other characters going into this. I think these Teen Titans characters are all new. Um, but uh, I think the only oh. character that we've seen before is that guy that comes flying in. You know, in oh, the, well, in yeah, the I, I got um, that. Like that that guy that's been watching them. He, I assumed he yeah. was like a yeah, and not even really character. a big part. But he, yeah, he is established. <sighs> also, uh, side note: oh, he is <clears throat> Alex Ross uh, designs terrible costumes. I'm not a fan of these costumes. They're all very silly. The later ones are all like DC checkerboard, bottom barrel era. Yeah. But the earlier one, like Samaritan's costume is cool. Tracker oh, sure. Jack is cool. The, the first couple. You know, yeah. like all the earlier ones are cool. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I, this was, a, a from my perspective, this was like a really solid zero issue. I, I like it didn't give me mm-hmm. meat. It just kind of gave me a couple of like uh, delightful scenes. It felt like a. Yeah. I was going to say like it felt like dessert before dinner, but it wasn't I didn't it wasn't that fulfilling. It was more like, um, you know, a comfort snack, but didn't really mm. fill me up. Does that make sense? Like it was it was great. I enjoyed it. It was a nice snack, but I was like, I'm still hungry. What's next? Like that's kind of. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what's next. So I'm I'm excited to see where this goes, but it sounds like it's not going to be for a while, right? Like (laughs) in the back matter, they're like, oh, we were going to do graphic novels, but then we were going to do this, but then we were going to do that. But in the meantime, we actually ended up doing almost a whole graphic novel. It's almost done. So we're going to finish that first and then maybe we'll get to the monthly series. I'm like, oh, shit. okay." so I the thread line of this, it sounds like it's not going to happen until 2023. That's the problem with yeah, this maybe. series. Um, I, yeah. So the, it's Astro City problem. has been Astro City, though. I kind of look at it as like Astro City started and finished years and years ago, and then there's been mini series since then. Like I don't think of Astro City as it's like every time I hear there's a new Astro City, I'm like, oh, that's cool. There is gonna be there so, is another so one. So what is this coming. like Black Hammer, where the actual story is just like been. 24 issues and it's been done for a while but now no. it's like nothing but miniseries about side characters no <clears throat> okay they just no. it was a regular ongoing series for some years and then after a while it wasn't anymore and then they were like oh we're gonna do Astro City the Dark Ages and then we're a little while later like oh it's Astro City Local Heroes so there's just other stuff that he wanted well, to do I- but I don't think it's been in I didn't understand what you meant. So when you said like it's it it came and went, was there a a plot line that was resolved and that's that? It's not really like that. It's no. It's just like the story of the superheroes in this city, and you get different stories that focus on. So there's no overarching macro plot. No, not really. Okay. Yeah. It's just cool. No. Like there's some it stuff. It is a like superhero the universe. Like, there's some like stuff DC. you see a little hint of, and then you get a yeah, yeah. And Marvel kind of combined too. There's the first family is like you know it's like Silver Age um, yeah, comics. Yeah. Oh, I know, but he. I'll just read it. It's fine. You guys are confusing me more, unfortunately. Huh. So it's it's just yeah. an a giant anthology. Yeah, basically. Yeah, 
with some yeah, movement in yeah. the universe over time and stuff gets filled in or whatever, but it's just a bunch of stories that all take place in the same universe. Okay. Were you hoping I was, for I was, a, ho- I was hoping for story? something a little bit more malleable, yeah. Well, it's not like that. I'll <laughs> still read yeah. it. I I look, I've mean, been yeah. did, did you mean I'm malleable? Most, I'm usually uh yeah, that's what I said. Right? You meant malleable? Am I using the wrong? I, oh, look, okay, sorry. I, I don't know. I was hoping it was something a little bit more straightforward, or something that at least was had oh. like <clears throat> grit to it, as opposed or had structure to it that was bendy, as opposed to just always bendy. Well, they, he fleshes out a full universe. That's the point of the story. Is like here's but, uh, but I, I'm yeah, right at universe. this point since I've not read it. I'm literally just kind of playing devil's advocate. Doesn't just a guide to the marvel universe do the same thing those aren't very fun to read do you know what i mean like there's 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 emotional connection and i'm taking characters through these trials and tribulations right it's not just every issue we're gonna do a a a quick dive on this one thing and then it doesn't happen again right no 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 it's 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 like a short story that like the first arc is about samaritan and then the next arc is about uh the Forget his name, but he's also but on the cover but of the but the driving plot is just this is a superhero world go right. There's no actual like, yeah, pretty much. Con- There's no universe no, story. No co- There's no fifty issue arc. No full conflict like kind of thing because like fables is just it's it's massive arcs versus massive arcs with like little things in between. It's just okay, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you weren't going in expecting that. Now you know uh, when you start <laughs> when you start into. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should know nothing. I don't know. Either way, I, I'm going to read it. Yeah. All right. DC versus Vampires number six. Uh, Rat, Mo- <laughs> Rat Mosenberg. Matt Rosenberg, James Tyne in the fourth, and Otto Schmidt. Batman gets the upper hand on the vampires who have infiltrated the Justice League, but the Vampire King finally reveals himself, and it will be the most jaw-dropping moment of 2022. The shocking, best-selling series reaches its blood-drenched halfway point. Um, my jaw was, like, where just, it... Just slightly normally. agape? Like... Yeah. Were you, were you just, like, mouth-breathing? It was mostly, just, like, like, not like, my ah, jaw, just like, my uh, jaw dropped just enough for me to go, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, it so was it, cute. It though. was jaw dropping. That's yeah. true. Yeah, um, but not the most. What did you guys think of this book, Brian? I dug it. I, um, <coughs> I missed issue five, but uh, it didn't. It, I, I felt okay with that. You know, like it was still still fun. I, I love the thing in the beginning with the with Captain Boomerang, where yes. Harley's like, "Hey, some of us are vampires. You got to blow them up." It's me and this other person left. <laughs> and Boomerang's like, wait, I am also left. Why didn't you say it? And it's, <laughs> that was, that oh, was straight brutal. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, it's, um, yeah. I, it's I took a picture of that and sent it to Noel. I it that sucks that you, uh, <laughs> you, you missed five. Five was actually a pretty good melee. Like, no, I did. Mm. And I want to know how Superman got turned. I was all in five. Oh. You know? Yeah. That was, that was and, good. Five, five also, was a really solid issue. Uh, you're, fi- yeah. you're fired. You, it was good. Well, he eventually... All right, let me get my briefcase. And <laughs> pack up, pack up your uh, things. Take the fucking plant. I will. Just get it out of here. <laughs> we, we never like that plant. <laughs> what? Uh, I wonder how 
long, Superman will still have powers, right? If he can't go out in the sun oh, anymore. I don't, I don't know. What's the deal? I, I don't know. Will he get powers from Starlight? I don't know what will happen with that. Um, it'll just be like a regular, a regular vampire. I mean, vampire. who's to say that a turned Kryptonian has the weakness of sunlight? You think that he would be a daywalker? Also, I don't think. Yeah, uh, what I'm saying right. is, they kind of established in this sure. room, in this one that with metahumans, the rules don't really apply. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Like, the rules don't really apply, like, with the Starfire stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, speaking of the rules, I thought it was an interesting choice to have Wonder Woman get tied up by her own lasso and not lose her powers, Hmm. which is, like, a Silver Age weakness of hers. And yet Hal gets... um, Yellow. Yeah, if she got tied up. William Moulton Marston was, was like, uh, all about bondage. Among a number yeah, of was. other things. I just and, watched yeah, the, the and, movie. Oh, the Wonder Women? Yeah. yeah uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. It was great. Interesting. I haven't seen it, but uh, fascinating story. Invented part of the polygraph test. Mm-hmm. Also very cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's a lot more about him. But So she gets tied up and doesn't lose her powers. But Hal is susceptible to a yellow weakness, which has not been part of Green Lantern for like... 15 years. Yeah, since Jeff Um, Jones got rid of it, I think, right? Yeah. Well, even actually, even before that, Kyle Renner didn't have one. Oh, yeah. It was still in the backstory, but, like, mainstream Green Lantern has actually been without the Yellow Weakness since the 90s. Yeah. And then, you know, in one way or another. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I thought that was odd. Uh, I also thought the turn was... Interesting. I don't remember where my jaw was, but um, I wondered, like, well, why wouldn't they turn Batman? And I think he kind of addressed it. Uh, if you turn Batman, <laughs> he takes over. Mm-hmm. Is probably yeah. what would happen, you know. So it makes sense. Yeah, you need that the, he would that he wouldn't the do next that. best. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, Dick turns Batman, and then he's not the Vampire Lord anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he probably wouldn't want that to be the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of, uh, like cool doing whatever we feel like because it's DC versus vampires and not, yeah. you know, in continuity and we can do whatever mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I think that was actually, what did you think kind of the art changes? Um, the art changes from yeah. one time to another. You didn't notice? Oh, oh, in the suicide squad. Yeah. I guess the art is different. Um, didn't impact me a great deal. Um, I like the art in this, you know, the more main section, but, uh, I didn't really register it too much. I wonder why they did I didn't love it. Uh, it it was the last issue. It was this, the five and six had the two arts, uh, artists, artists. Um, I usually really like Otto Smith, Otto Schmidt. Um, I really liked him in in Hawkeye Freefall and I really liked him. He did, he actually did some Green Arrow before, I believe. But I, I really like him. Um, and this series has just been kind of like fine. It's a little loose. Um, and it yeah, doesn't it feels a little rushed, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it has much weight from jump. It hasn't like just the style of this book. It feels like it should be more of a horror book, but it reads more like a really quick digital first in regards to like layout mm-hmm. and art. Um, yep. but I kind of got over it, but then I think the switch from one art to the other is pretty jarring because that other stuff looks like, Boom Studios, 
uh, yeah, kids uh, book, imagine. right? Like with the, yeah. the oh, neon keys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it looked like Power Rangers, which not against, but mash them two together. It's not a very like seamless transition. But it, it didn't, I mean, it didn't overall hurt. It was just kind of like, no, okay. Like they didn't even try and get artists that were complimentary to each other. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, Brian, you said something, uh, uh, they're just kind of doing whatever they want because it, does, or it doesn't matter or just like whatever rules they feel like applying. I've, for five issues, I thought that was fun. But this one was just kind of like, all right. I like more of the same. A little. Like, it, I, did it get old on me? Like, you know, when they, they revealed the turn, I was like, okay. I mean, that's interesting, I guess. Like, it was it was weird. A part of me was just like, oh, that's a pretty cool twist. But then the other part of me was like, if right now it feels like a twist to be a twist and doesn't really make sense. And then when they... Oh, what is it? It's a feeling. I don't have actual math hmm. applied to it. It felt like a twist to be a twist as opposed to the whole. So when a twist, when a twist sometimes happens, it recontextualizes stuff that happened before in a new way. Sometimes when a twist happens, it's just like, oh, this is the twist now. And it doesn't actually recontextualize anything like the audience is not. You didn't see this coming because there's nothing about it. You you didn't see this. Yeah, you didn't see this coming because there was literally no hints to it whatsoever. And then they retroactively kind of tell you like, well, here's this magical thing that's not been established in the other five issues that let me do what I did. Like it felt like yes. Anding as opposed to the plan and maybe issue seven will kind of show me that that's wrong, but it still kind of was a little bit of a like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It didn't yeah. mean anything to me. The twist that or not, it's not even a twist really. It's just a revelation. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah it's yeah, not like we thought one thing and then something else was revealed. It was just like, Oh, okay. Here's the, the answer to that question. And, um, I was like, oh, that's neat. <clears throat> I like that character a lot, so it was neat that uh, he was chosen to be the king of vampires. But it, I didn't really feel anything other than that. I wasn't I guess, like, oh, oh, I guess maybe if there, like, if there was a B pl- to call it a B plot is like really generous, generous because it was like a D or an E plot that there is a vampire lord out there or somebody. To, you know, they only had mentioned it maybe once. But if there wasn't, it was in the setup. If though. there wasn't, I think An- Andrew, whoever was like, "There's a new vampire lord. This is causing problems." Yeah, it was literally one conversation. If there had yeah. been an actual right. like seeding doubt, mystery weaved into the other five issues, and then here is the actual like reveal of what it is, then it would probably wouldn't have felt like that. But here, it just felt like you know, it's been a lot of shocks and a lot of like, oh my goodness, and a lot of you're going to kill that person for five issues, and then now the reveal of. It just it felt more tacked on oh, than big. The in. vampire, the new vampire lord thing has been like a major part of my impression of this story, or for me anyway. They like, keep mentioning it, but there's been no actual like investigation yeah. of it. Like every single one of these issues has been reactionary. Oh, true. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read the last one, but yeah. And I actually already knew. I didn't know we were going to read this for the show, and um, I saw some article that was like. Here's who the here's who the vampire lord is. Yeah, let me find out who the vampire I think lord the is. Only, so I knew already. The but, only yeah. real shocking thing in this book, and what makes me want to read the seventh one to see what they do with it, is they they take out ninety percent of the Bat family. Mm. Just yeah. yeah, and that is fascinating. 
I know that Batman's still there, and then I think they what do they turn Damien? But wait, Batman is still there. Batman's still alive. Is he? he? Wait, I, I thought he had. It didn't seem that a, way. When man's got oh, a fist hole in his that's chest. That's right. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Todd. We got Todd. 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 Jason Todd? Yeah, he's no, he's he's, not, he's out turned, too. and Damien is turned. Oh, I thought I thought uh, Green Arrow was able to was able to kill him. Oh, that's right. God damn it! See, it was just like immediately fell out of my head. All of this immediately fell out of my head. <laughs> but that's a good question. Who is that? There's Damien. Damien was turned. Alfred. Damien didn't get killed, and Todd was killed. Yeah, everyone's the whole bad family's gone. And and Tim. No, I thought Damien is. Tim is squished. Damien's with Alfred. He gets bit. That's what he said. Yeah. What? I thought you said he got turned. Oh. Oh, did I mix up Tim and 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 Damien in the art? I did at one point. I did I as well. God damn it! Yeah. I think they step on his <clears throat> head, and then yes. they're like, "Oh, Tim gets oh, we could Tim stall. gets stomped." That's right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then later, Dick is like, "I just wanted one of my brothers." So that, like, but not that, that one. I, I wanted to stop on that. His head. I'll kill you, is Tim? That is Damien, who gets bit, right? Yeah, Damien gets bit, so he gets turned. Uh. No, I don't. Uh, oh wait, so is that just Batgirl that he's leaving with? And maybe he does turn him because they make a show out of you need to drink from oh, Vampire so, Two, and you don't. Oh, so Damien is okay, so no, no. God he says, it. "I just wanted one of my brothers to join me." Is that so much to ask? Wonder Woman says, "The little one is still alive, barely." Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Okay, there you go. So there we go. It'd be cool if we got to see some kind of Lazarus bit vampire reaction. Oh, yeah. If something happens with the two, yeah. JD, also, I gotta say, I really enjoyed your sentence. That's not a twist. It's just a revelation. Mm. And I would like to hear that sentence more often. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Yeah. I guess a twist isn't a revelation. But a twist can be a revelation. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not always a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. A revelation can be a twist. twist. Yeah. But this was was just a twistless revelation. Just a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a, re- a twist is oh, always Hal a revelation. Says, Glad I didn't. Oh well, how? Uh, it sounds like we're ragging on the book, but I think I mean I'm enjoying the. Oh book. no, we're into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was into it. Um, Hal also, says Glad- I like the art style. I think it's a cool mm. like superhero horror art style. Yeah. Panel layout is nothing interesting necessarily, but the character art I think is really good. This is not uh, Otto Schmidt's best work. It's, this, yeah, it's, this feels very rushed, yeah. but it's still fine. It's still good. Um, yeah, Hal says, glad I didn't pick up the series. No, you should. It's good. Uh, yeah, this is, yeah. this is probably my least yeah. favorite issue, but I've been totally enjoying it. And there's six more. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. you know, at yeah, this yeah. point, I'm... This is only the bloody half <laughs> At this point, I'm invested in finishing it, and I hope to enjoy it. It's just yeah. this one, this, this particular issue felt a little rushed for me. It doesn't diminish uh, I everything still loved else. It. I still thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was still fun. Um, all right, next book on the docket, Immortal X-Men number one from Marvel Comics, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Lucas Wernick. In the Quiet Council, no one can hear you scream. The Quiet Council rules the Krakoan Age, for better or worse. Now, 
Shaken by Inferno and the ex-lives and deaths of Wolverine, they strive to hold together no matter how much they want to tear each other apart. Um, hey, guys. Hey. Have y'all been reading the ex-lives and deaths of Wolverine? I finished it. Oh, it's done? I read it. Yeah, I read it. It's over. It was a 10-week How was it? Mini. <clears throat> How was it? Um, it was interesting. It was like two miniseries jammed in together that didn't really coalesce in any meaningful way. <clears throat> uh, one miniseries was – well, I mean, can I, can I just loosely spoil Inferno for you guys to just catch you up? Like how, how, how pure do you want to stay with this? I, I would like to stay pure. It's the Hickman. That's the Hickman one, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, there's there's one specific. Fine, go ahead. There's one plot point that I think is very important to literally the rest of the X Men life. Fine. And you're like six months off right now. <clears throat> Moira's discovered. That's it. Yes. And yeah, we know that they. She goes on the run with one of Forge's weapons. They depowered her. So she is no oh, longer. Yes, we know that she's no longer able to regenerate. Yeah. Like, yeah. So she's no longer able to to reset they the told timeline. Us, they told us that in the issue we read today. That's literally what I've been trying to keep secret for with, from you guys for the last like six months, and it's like at this oh, point yeah. we're done. Well, you did a good um, job. Good I didn't job, buddy. Until now. Yeah. Um, you did. Did you read the book? What? This they book? told us in this week's book. That we read well, now to, to talk about loosely, now. He didn't know until now. Loosely yeah. now. Um, oh, oh I think you meant since now. This instant. No, it was not. So it was meant to be a couple, okay. like a like a multi-tiered kind of revenge plot. So like Mystique depowered her, and then they were going to hunt her down and kill her. However, uh, Krakoa feeling at least a little bit loyal to Moira, even though not cool. Um, mm-hmm. helped her escape and was just like, here, it essentially gave her a head start. So the entirety of X Lives and Deaths, one miniseries, one five issue miniseries, was essentially about her on the run. And one of the things hunting her, Moira, was a Wolverine from the future. The other miniseries was, um, oh. yeah, because there, there is a future where Moira is responsible for essentially ensuring the machine's Remember the in House of X, Powers of Ten, Powers of Ten, the Orcus organization, the machines yeah. took over. Like humans teamed up with the machines to take out the mutants. Then the machines took out mm-hmm. the humans. So it was, so yeah. there's this future that exists where Moira actually enables the machines to do that, and then Future Wolverine yes. comes back to try and kill her. So you've got Future Wolverine. The other mini series is current Wolverine. Traveling into his brain in the past, multiple points in the past, to save the Xavier bloodline because Omega Red has also been sent to murder him at every point in the timeline. No, I hate that. I hate that so, so much. There was both of those were happening concurrently, and at the very last issue of the time jumping in Brains X or Wolverine one, they're like, "Hey, um, there's a future you that's rampaging through Kakoa. Go fix it." So they only merge at the very end when current Wolverine has to go fight future Wolverine. Does he fix it? Yeah, and he fixes it. Krakoa helps, he fixes it, and Moira dies, but not really. She is reborn as a 
cyborg of sorts. So wow. they in House of House of Ten House of X Powers of Ten, they did a whole thing about how you have about ten lives, eleven if you're lucky. Yeah. They're implying that this yeah. cybernetic life, this eleventh life, is this her is, is her eleventh. Yeah. Gotcha. I wonder if that's why she only has ten because this is the one where they depower her. But, uh, probably, like she maybe would have gone on yeah. in perpetuity yeah. if it wasn't for them depowering her after trying all this. And then this kind of is set up in a so during Inferno, the whole Quiet Council got shook up, and this seems like it's Mister Sinister being a being a fucking twat trying to yeah. um, uh, manipulate everyone. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. This wasn't like a it was great. hyper serious X Men book. This was this yeah. was his internal yeah, yeah. dialogue of just being a, a fucking jerk, and it's great. I really I really enjoyed this. I, I will say <clears throat> I will say it did not need to go on as long as it did. True. Um, his all of these panels with him internally pontificating and blah yeah, blah yeah. blah. Like it was like I got it after a while. I found it a little tiresome. Um, but the rest of it is delightful. I, I actually am glad I read this because uh, I, was, I was like, ah, I'm not caught up. Do I care? Should I? I kind of gave up on the X-Men months and months, months ago. Um, so, uh, however, that being said, I thought this was great. It kind of reminded me why I was enjoying the X-Men to begin with. Yeah, I think I think and Karen, I think Karen Gillan is a really good Hickman replacement. Because they both, yes, they both kind of communicate yeah. at a level that doesn't talk down to you. So mm-hmm. it's the same amount of kind of like story work that I have to do, which just scratches an itch. So this, like, yeah. I'm glad it didn't just turn into another fighty fight book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what they could have done was introduce this character. <laughs> Who's this? She's from uh, yeah, I was Genosha. like, yeah. Uh, right? I guess she's like the yeah, I didn't know who she was. Then I was like, wait, is that Scarlet Witch somehow? No. Uh, because I know she was just, it's not, but, you know, she's magic and she mentions how she brought back Genosha and there Kate Pride says, yeah, but as zombies, which is something that the Scarlet yeah. Witch did. I thought it's, I thought yeah. it was like a reborn Scarlet Witch that I hadn't read somewhere yeah. else. And then when they say it's not, I don't, you know what? I, I was confused for like a page or two, but then I was just like, nah, I don't know if yeah. I give a shit. Like yeah. She's, yeah. She, there was, there was a, an event that happened, um, around the time of God, what was that great X-Men series? Um, where there was hope and cable was on the run with hope. With little oh, baby. Hope. I think that was cable actually. What I think I that was in the, no, no, cable. I think the series was in cable. No, but there series. was a, there was a, there was a bigger name for it. Um, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. But it was around that time. Messiah and Complex. basically this... Messiah Complex was around that time, yeah. And there yeah. was some sort of uh, Genosian um, undead storyline that had her at oh, the front yes. center. She was the villain for that. Um, oh, I have not she? seen... All right. I don't remember seeing her since then, but when I, they introduced yeah. her, I was like, oh, right, I forgot about that lady. Oh. Yeah. That was a good series. The, yeah, uh, that was that was a good X Men run. Yeah, it was good. I, what I was thinking of was when there is it either it? directly precedes it or comes after. Necrotia, that's it. You, yep, Necrotia. Ah, there you go. You. Nice. I scored the cable series that was like painted and they could jump forward, oh, yeah. but only it wasn't, forward in time. That was um, it was X Factor. 
uh, it was Clayton Crane was the artist. Kyle Yostin. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. um. That's a whole era of X Men that really should get re- like omnibus reprints. The the black and white yeah. um, X Factor of it all. Wait, no, not X Force. Sorry, X Force. X Force. Oh, where they all had gray with slight red in their yeah. costumes. That was, that was cool. Yeah, yeah that's all yeah. a part of kind of that uh, yeah, this Messiah was, complex. Yeah. Of, hmm. But yeah, this was good. I like this a lot. And I like the end of it too with um sinister uh cloning Moira McTaggart so that he can just create his own timelines and then kill her when he doesn't like how it's going. I was like, shit, that's pretty yeah. good. And then download stuff into his brain. That's a very cool yeah. evolution of this concept. Yes. It's an interesting thing to do, which is also something that they've kind of been doing in this in this series as a whole is they're like mutant yeah. technology, like what happens when you combine multiple powers which is yeah, which is really the five. cool the five right the, yeah. Yeah, the five in order to, to yeah and i think that was yeah. one of the reasons why um that was that was actually my favorite scene of this whole book um sinister trying to manipulate through proxy hope to join the quiet council because he wanted to keep a member of the five closer to in order to manipulate her also but the whole internal scene of his where he thinks he's got everybody figured out and then you hear his yeah. thoughts of like, oh, fuck shit. Uh, um, uh, can I change my vote? Like, I thought yeah, that was yeah. all. Yep. Guys, uh, tangent, I forgot to oh, I forgot to tell you guys something. Uh, yeah. I, I was on vacation when I, and I found something that we were all looking for. And I forgot to tell you. <sighs> Brave and the Bold by Wade and Perez. Oh, nice. Oh. Wonderful. Nice. I only found one copy each in Florida. That's awesome. Right? That's pretty cool. We were just talking about I know. About that's it. why I was yeah. like, holy shit. We should do that for a book club when we start doing book clubs again. Oh, that would be awesome. We should start doing book clubs again. Yeah. Your face should start doing um, book clubs again. Yeah, I, I think you guys would really like it. It's, uh, it's really cool. Um, I, actually, the day after yeah. you had mentioned that, I had come across yeah. my issues of The Brave and the Bold um, with the um, Hal and... Barry, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. Mm-hmm. Also, Mark Wade. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was at a time when I think Hal was... I think they were both out of... Yeah. Uh, both dead. Hal was the Spectre, I guess. It was um, yeah. It um, was right after Infinite Crisis, and it was a book in the past, so it? it was, like, out of continuity. Yeah. I think so. Oh, it was yeah, either yeah, right yeah. before or right after, but both characters were off the board. Oh, yeah. it's right after, and they because went, that's when... Well, uh, Bart became the Flash. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, this book. Uh, Lucas, yeah, so the cover, the cover of this, I thought was really cool. The uh, the Last Supper yeah, the, kind of yeah, pose. Mark Brooks, and it did something that I I'm not sure I've seen before, where the center seat is empty, and oh. they're like all looking towards it. Like who is going to be in this seat? I think is very interesting. What do you? Oh, cool. um, what do you guys think yeah. of um, Lucas Warnick's art? Like I, I rem- I've liked him since that um, Iron Fist series from last year, and he just seems like it's he's cool. been he- subtly showing up places, and I, I enjoy it. He is very solid. Yeah. It, the faces, especially on Sinister, are a little cartoony sometimes, but um, I, I liked the art. I thought it was I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit like um, Caselli. Who? 
What's that? God, what's his name? Something Caselli. Um, oh, Stefano Caselli? Doesn't really matter. Stefano Caselli. Yes, Stefano. Yeah. Uh, yeah a little uh, bit. Anything else to say about this book? Um, I didn't know that Irene Adler, Destiny, or even Mystique were that old, which I thought was a, a surprise. Yeah, I didn't know um, that until House of X, Powers of Ten. Yeah. Uh, Mystique, I kind of had an inkling, was a little older, but I didn't know she was, you know, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> well, I guess this is just early 1900s. Um, and I like the concept, or, you know, her deal of, you know, there's not one future, there's multiple possible Millions. futures is cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, this was a this was a solid first issue. Like, I feel I could either continue reading this in issues or return to it in six months, and it'll just be solid, hmm. you know. But I think I'm I think I'm pulling the first arc at least. Yeah. Cool. Oh, you got it in. Is that mine? Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thank you. Uh, all right, time for some thunder rounds. Thunder Round. A Thunder Round is a 60-second review. We're each going to do one. Noel's up first, I think. Well, you know what? He is. He's up first. Which one are you doing, Noel? Oh, I'm going with Rogue. Rogue Son. Rogue Son, number two, from Image Comics, written by Ryan Parrott, Parrott with art by Abel. I'm going to put 60 seconds on your clock and go. Um, We read together... Uh, Supermassive, which is the crossover, well, the Radiant Black crossover event that introduced this character. Um, he was a shit, but I guess he had a heart of gold or a sun in his heart. Who knows? Whatever. Um, the first issue premiered uh, like a week later, and then they killed the main character. And then his son, his estranged son, took the suit. This issue kind of explores that a little bit more. Um, where he has to reconcile with his the ghost of his dad inside this suit while he um, is a little twerp fighting crime. I enjoyed this. It's very it was very road is very by the numbers. However, I enjoyed this because they did not redeem the father at all. It actually is revealed oh, that he's an even bigger piece of shit. He bequeathed oh. the suit to his estranged son because he didn't want to endanger his new family. Which is end of round. That's the end. Crazy gross and super yeah. interesting. He yeah. just he refuses. He refuses to shut up. That's the whole point of the thunder round. No thoughts. No thoughts. Oh, that's that? right. No? I was adding him back in. <laughs> Brian, you're up. Excellent. You're gonna do step by bloody step number two from Image oh, Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Written by, <laughs> remind you of that? <laughs> Written by Cy <laughs> Sperrier or Simon, perhaps Ooh. pronounced Simone. I don't know. Cy uh, Sperrier, art by Matea Bergara and Ma Matt Lopez. Cy um, oh, Sperrier is listed last on the cover. That's interesting. Oh. Well, there are any words in it. I mean, All DC right. did that for a while where they put the artist first. Yeah. My watch is stupid. It's being stupid. 60 seconds on the clock and go. Uh, this is pretty cool. The art continues to be really good. Um, they both in execution and also what they choose to draw, like the coolness of uh, the scenery and that kind of thing. It is uh, confusing 
<laughs> to say the least. There's not as much to get as I would like. Um, he's telling this story. There are apparent time jumps. One of them is very apparent. Um, it, you just aren't given that much about what's happening with the, uh, with the story. And I want to keep going and see if it turns out really cool because the art is really good. Um, and the world that they've constructed looks really cool. Uh, but I don't know. I hope there will be more soon. Yes. End of round. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't say anything, but you're welcome. <laughs> oh, I was just, uh, you know, thanking you for that expression. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Halfway through this issue, I kind of realized, like, I maybe I, I don't need a plot. Or it's just, like... It's like looking at three paintings next to each other and you just kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, yeah it's it's interesting. Yeah. Maybe it'll yeah. fill in a little bit more, but it's it wasn't enough to like get me to stop, but it also wasn't enough to get me to rave. Yeah. 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 Because it's beautiful. Was, like people talk in symbols and you know something is happening, mm-hmm. but I'm like I don't know exactly what is Yeah, <laughs> what it, it was is. solid. It was solid, but it's yeah. it's it's challenging. Yeah. Does anyone have a timer that they can help I got me out you. with? Because I don't. Thank you, brother. I am going to be doing a thunder round. Thunder round. Thank you. And uh, mine will be about Amazing Spider-Man number ninety-three, the final final issue of this particular series uh, from Marvel Comics, written by Zeb Wells, with art by Patrick Gleason. And go. All right, so uh, thank God that the other, the previous run was done because uh, that really sputtered, sputtered out. And uh, this one was delightful. This is basically like a brand new day. It is a rotating team of writers and artists all telling the same overall story, which is about the Beyond Corporation and how Peter Parker has radiation poisoning. And so he's not Spider-Man, but the Beyond Corporation owns the rights to the Spider-Man name and costume anyway. So they give it to Ben Riley, who you may know as the 90s clone of Spider-Man. And so he becomes the Spider-Man while Peter Parker is laid up. And uh, basically, of course, the Beyond Corporation is bad. Spoiler alert. We all knew that going in. And... Uh, this basically is taking Ben Riley and creating a whole new version of the character by the end of it. I did not know that that's what they were doing, but I'm glad they, I'm kind of glad they did it. End of round. How much could he just be? Damn it! You said, you said Ooh, nothing about this book. <laughs> oh, I loved about it. this issue. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, that's all you need to know. I wish uh, you know what I wish we would have um, forced Brian to read this, and we'll bring it up to like bring it up in the full lineup because this was even not having read all of Beyond, this still was a really strong like issue, yeah. and you had all the context you needed at the very beginning. Like it was yes, this was a really good example of any issue could be your first one because yeah. they laid even everything the last out. Issue. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like they laid everything out very efficiently. And then conflict, and it was just like a, a really solid all the way through. Do, do you want to talk about like the big reveal at the end? Um, I guess because you know what, I don't think anyone cares about Ben Riley as much as I do. So I can't imagine that there are people out there who are going to be like, "No, oh, you spoiled it for us." But basically, uh, because of what happens in this issue, 
he has his entire being overwritten. And he comes back as a new character called Chasm. Yeah, he all he is he the this the way that it kind of happens is uh, the Beyond Corporation has slowly been taking away memories. So he does he understands that he was a clone of Peter Parker, but he like misses core memories. You know, like the talk with Uncle Ben. The like he'll they start removing little core pieces of him, and then at the end of this, he loses the rest of his memory. So he just knows he is him, and that yeah, Peter bad. And that's essentially it. Oh, he's a there's a antagonistic. <clears throat> it, there, it looks like they're trying well, to turn him into Venom. <clears throat> it, he looks a I, lot like Venom. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure Peter is supposed to be bad. I think it's just jealousy of you're the real one and I'm not. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I like the idea. So like, um, there's this whole like thing where they, he gets overtaken by rewritable matter goo. Yes. And he's in his costume and it's it it rewrites it's like the matter helps rewrite things based off of, you know, emotion and intention. So it creates this kind of living costume for him based off of his own impression of himself, which is this like weird venomish almost Spider-Man 2099 looking amalgam costume and it's it was it was actually it was pretty slick. Like it was a it was a pastiche of '90s comics that wasn't Edge Lord stupid. It was just really well done. Yeah, yeah. I was I was afraid because I was enjoying this entire run, um, and even their point B E Y issues I thought were good, um, unnecessary but still solid. This is going to be a really good, hopefully omnibus someday, and I'm going to grab it. I think this is really strong. I think it's going to be four trades total, mm-hmm. four Thicky Boy trades, and then hopefully maybe an oversized collection eventually. And, like, it doesn't just end. I had assumed that this would be completely wrapped up and we would start fresh with a new number one because that's what they're doing. Um, but literally it's a cliffhanger. It's, it's actually a couple of cliffhangers uh, to lead us into number one, which is uh, who's, who's going to be writing it? This creative team, well, the writer of this, it's a Zub. Or Zeb oh, Wells. Zeb Wells. Yeah. And, and um, John Romita Jr. is back. Yeah. It's, um, oh, yeah. it has been a fun kind. A lot of times when they do these like short runs or short events or whatever, it feels like filler. This was filler, yeah. but it felt meaty. It felt like it mattered. It, it does have a bit of a climax with the Ben of it all. So you could just yeah. read this and decide whether you want to keep going or not. It was good. Yeah, this was great. I was re- filler in a meat pie. It's a meat pie. Yeah. This run yeah. has been a meat pie. That's cool. All That's right. So those are our Thunder Rounds. It's time to do our Thunder JLA round. Avengers raffle, raffle drawing. Let's see. How can I do this? So I have already taken all of the people who have bought raffle. All right. So here's the thing. Noel, do you want to tell them what's going on? Sure. Uh, okay. So, um, George anybody that's aware, yeah. Anybody that's aware, uh, the, uh, amazing and comparable, uh, fantastic, uh, classic illustrator, George Perez Uncanny. is, <laughs> is, um, is suffering from pancreatic cancer. It is terminal and he is in hospice care. So 
the Hero Initiative, which is an organization um, dedicated to providing care and resources to creators, uh, comic creators without insurance and stuff, um, put together this reprint, this magical, should never have happened reprint of JLA Avengers from 19 or from 2007, 2006. Either way, uh, written by Kurt Busiek with art by George Perez. It is a four-issue prestige edition. We actually did a um, book club of it. We did a book club on it. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is the edition we're talking about. So there was only 7,000 printed of this book. 7,000. Um, it has been highly sought. People have been flipping it on eBay and stuff. This is disgusting, JD. You should probably not do that. Thank you very much. Uh, no what is the extra thing there's the the four issues and then there's some art of an earlier uh an earlier version there uh no there's um there's sketches from earlier versions uh, a couple of essays Mm. some oral history stuff uh yeah it's Mm. it's uh it's littered with some uh covers that were unused it's it's literally it's a third of this book is extras. Um, so the Here Initiative, Marvel, and DC um, created this short print run. A lot of people are freaking the like freaking the fuck out um, because uh, it was hard to get, and a lot of people were flipping it for high prices. So we thought it would be great to instead of get it for highest bidder or make it unavailable to somebody who just couldn't pay a lot to do a raffle where all proceeds are going to the here initiative and or pink credit caster. I'm not exactly just charity, uh, specific charity, uh, to garner more funds for this book. Not only is it, everyone has the ability to win and you don't have to drop 250 to $300 for just this book. And you don't know where it's going. Um, but also it was an opportunity to generate more than $30 for the hero initiative. So, that's where we're at. For the last month, you have been selling raffle tickets, and we are about to do the live drawing. How many? About I was going to say how many people are in this, but it doesn't matter. You've got the live drawing ready to rock. Um, a hundred and something people, or a hundred and something entries, oh, wow. I should say. Um, all right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I'm going to go to another computer. That's why I have my iPhone uh, because we've set it up. Uh, Noel set it up on this uh, website, which takes all of the entries and creates a spinning wheel out of it. So I'm going to go up to the computer. I'm going to uh, spin the wheel, and we'll figure out who wins. So I don't know if you'll be able to hear me, but I'm going to go up. We'll we'll narrate it. He's walking. JD he's walking, walking to his computer. Everyone, oh, do it. Do it like a. Bring up. Loose yeah, do shirt. it like golf. Like he's approaching the green. Uh, go. Okay. And I don't want to see your face. I want to see the, the wheel. Audience. Switch the camera. You don't want to see your there face. We, like, and then just like there get really deep into the wheel. No, deep into I, the I meant wheel. switch the camera. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just get deep into the wheel. Yeah. I like that sentence. No, nope, it's being Here spun. It the wheel is it's spinning. Being spun. It's spinning so fast. The colors the are winner. blending together. It's slowing down. down. It's on the green. It's gr- on oh, yellow. Is it going to green? Who is it? Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson, you congratulations. You win JLA Avengers Hero Initiative. Very cool. Uh, Brian Anderson is actually... Uh, wait, can anybody actually hear this? 
Because he took a soft layout? I assume so. I don't know. Oh, my actually. goodness. You suck, JD. Oh, we've been narrating this whole thing. I don't even think JD can hear us. I am on screen now for some reason. We narrated that whole yeah, community. Because you took us yeah, off. Did, did, anyone who's did you hear any of it? That will be in the, I heard that will be in the audio. Oh, okay. Oh, good. You can hear us. You just couldn't see it. It will also be available yeah, on though, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. No, just just like with the Thunder Rounds, when I make you a... Um, Thunder Rounds. When I make you full screen, you can still hear everybody. Okay. I mean, you can hear me, right? Am I, I'm not muted, am I? Good. I'm good. No, but but when so, I'm yeah. yeah, you're good. Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson. Yay, Excellent. Brian Anderson. Wonderful. He's going to be very happy. Awesome. Uh, Brian is a um, yeah. frequenter at the shop. Yes. And he's a very big George Perez fan, as are most of us actually. I don't know anybody who's not. So, thank you everybody. To who donated and um, oh can hear you guys. I heard I didn't win. LOL <laughs> says uh, Hal. Oh yeah, now Sorry, let's Hal. list all of the people who didn't win. Hal two eight one four. Yeah, just win. get them all. Brian oh, Anderson's Brian Anderson actually in the, in the chat. He says I period am period thrilled period. It's it, it, it's weird that there's no exclamation points. He's tearing up. He said he's thrilled. He's not gonna rub it in your face. It's just I see, I see. statements of fact. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least it's not a question mark. He's he's, he's exactly. tearing up. <laughs> Brian wins. So yeah, congrats, Brian. Thank uh, you. Oh, sorry. Thank Noel's you to everybody who bought copy. raffle tickets. That's uh, and not the copy that, is, that is that is close to if not a little over. $300 that gets donated to the Hero Initiative. So that's fucking oh, awesome. Hold on, let me go up and look. I can look at the exact thing. Um, hold on. That's a, hold on. Well, it's $5 a person that 105 people, right? It's or 105 entries. Yeah, but then also he, he had sold one outright, so it ends up being close to between four and five being donated. That's so, so great. Yeah, I actually had another, I had another copy and I was telling another customer about it and his, he has a relative who just died of pancreatic cancer. So he said, oh. I will just buy it right now for $200 and just put all that money oh. towards the, so, oh. um, so yeah, it's 107, what did I say? 107 people. Yeah. Um, at $5 a piece. How much is that? It's $535. $535. So $500. So $735. That's awesome. So yeah, $735 is going to the Hero Initiative. Um, so thank you, everybody. I'm sorry for everyone who didn't win. I know. But um, this was Noel's idea. I, I didn't know what to do, honestly. I was like, I've got these copies. What do I do? I put them up on eBay like everyone else is? And he's like, nah, brah. Do a, do a raffle ticket. Because I didn't want to do the eBay thing. <laughs> I'm a I'm a classist, <laughs> and I didn't want just the person with the most money to buy yeah. the thing. I yeah. wanted everyone to have a fair shot, and so Noel was like, "Well, just do a raffle, five dollar ticket. Everyone can afford that." Yeah, there and was then it, it, that lets everyone have a chance. Which one was it? There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, big uh, chain stores. I think Midtown is the one that comes to mind. That decided to just sell it for two hundred, and because they got a bunch of copies, just to sell it for two hundred, and you know, yay! But then I was like, well, there's a lot of people that can't just drop two hundred dollars, but they still want a chance and or want the book more than anyone else, right? So it's kind of classist, even that they had put on the other side. Like, why does Midtown get a lot of? Oh uh, well, it's just it's right? it's based off of your 
I mean, you get allocated books based off of your purchasing, yeah. right? So if you purchase a thousand exactly. <laughs> versus right. somebody that purchases ten, you get allocated yeah. twenty and one, right? Like it's just I ordered, they should fill. Yeah, I ordered twenty copies of the book, knowing I would get yeah. allocated, and luckily I, I was allocated um, three copies. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like even even that is like a money structure. They should just instead of allocating twenty copies to somebody who could pay for a thousand, they should give one to everyone first, and then if there's more, well, I think, two to I everyone. I think everyone, you know? every store got a copy, and then the allocation yeah. happened after that because there's there's less than seven thousand stores, direct market stores, right? Uh, that's so I don't sad. Know. Yeah, it's not a so, lot. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, I'm so glad that we were able to do that. I'm glad we got some copies that we could raise some money with. Um, all right, y'alls, is let's do the damn thing. We're going to continue with X Men Unlimited Latitude Number One by Hickman and Declan Shalvey. Whoa, thank God! Ah. Oh. All of this time, finally, finally, we get a book with Wolverine at its center. Wolverine jumps into the void when AIM manages a covert infiltration of the sword station and kidnaps three mutants. It's up to Wolvie to take one giant leap for man and get them back. From the vacuum of space to the dripping guts of an evil supercomputer, Logan will stop at nothing to save his friends. Um, I don't remember if I finished this. I'm going to go bring it up. Did you get to the part where he saved two, but not all of his friends? I, I think he saved one friend. It was it was Nightcrawler. Oh, he, he saves another friend. Ah, oh, shit. I don't know how friendly they are, but they know each other. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> very friendly with Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, with Nightcrawler, for sure. Um, not as friendly as he is with uh, Slim. Gene Gray and Scott Summers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trouble, so baby. I, I picked this book because it was originally digital. Um, but it was originally digital continuous scroll. And Oh, sure. So the original way that this was, uh, so if you, when you get a chance to pull up the, the book for anybody that's listening originally, it's literally, it was like one panel book and it was all very long panels. So somebody is scrolling down on their phone or their device and they see the, the story kind of progress in an up and down mm. fashion, as opposed to moving your eye left to right. Um, Declan Shelby, the artist and co-plotter of this book with Hickman had spoken about how this was probably the most challenging thing he's ever done because not only did they have to devise a comic that was only visible or readable in one direction, he devised it in such a way that it would still potentially work in print. And like he kept everything at certain, um, lengths and heights. So he'd be able to move panels over to the left and right instead of just being a constant scroll. So I thought that this was really fucking fascinating. The story itself is very just point and click, but the construction of this book. Yeah. Yeah. The construction of this book I thought was dope as shit. And I, I wanted to hear you guys thoughts. Like this is, I love Hickman. Uh, and he is the kind of writer that can be incredibly sparse. Like he doesn't need to, like there's times when he just like, fills the page with zeros and ones and words and it's incomprehensible. And there's times when he's just like, here's the idea you do you. Um, this feels like more Shelby than anything else. And 
I thought it was dope as hell. Like this interrogation scene, uh, it I works. It works as uh, 16, 16 panels, twenty panels. Um, oh, sorry, sixteen panels. But I imagine it would also be just as funny constantly scrolling up, and you just kind of see, yeah. keep seeing the flashes. I thought this was like um, um, a feat of the format. A feat of what? The format. Format, yes. This is the very first time I've ever seen a digital-first scrolling comic book translated well into panels. I had no idea that this was a – of course, it's obvious now that you've said it. But um, I I didn't realize that this was one of those scrolling digital firsts. Um, This was excellent. And, yeah, the – my favorite part was the scene where he's interrogating an AIM agent – and then the aim agent has the the last the last laugh, uh, which we rarely <laughs> yeah. get. Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, but otherwise, you know, the story itself was just fine. Oh, um, you know, <laughs> when he's um, when Wolverine is slicing and dicing um, the Modok AI, yeah. also funny, also <laughs> funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was funny. Um, there was there was some line in particular that he said I don't remember what but uh, that was oh when just when Wolverine starts Terry's like ah what are you gonna do on this whole station and he starts cutting into him and he's like wait a second yeah. I, that was my <laughs> yeah. memory of this thing no the original Star Wars you can't yeah. get those you can't see those <laughs> in streaming or on <laughs> yeah that was made, that made um, me laugh too yeah yeah um. Yeah, I, I also thought the format went really well. When I saw <coughs> that it was a digital first, I was like, ah, nuts. Ah, <laughs> Reading yeah. a digital first. Um, yeah, I don't think, not just the scrolling, uh, JD, but I don't think I've ever seen a digital first that I thought really strongly compared to like a regular comic. You know, there have been a couple that I enjoyed, um, and there have been some that. I think we're always intended as full page, just digital first. And those are basically the same. Um, but when it's the kind of half page thing, it, it doesn't usually work out that well either. There is a lot of downward motion in this story, which yeah. I imagine works quite well for uh, for a scroll, but worked worked well here too. Yeah, like like um, here, this, this yeah. page you're showing, um, there was a moment where I had to, like, you know, for the whole book, you're kind of going up, down, and then left, right, up, down, because they're long panels. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, too, the progression is up and down. But then here, they reformat the panels to be traditional left to right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not jarring, but it also is like, a, all right, you do it, but then you're like, okay, this is the right direction, because, yeah, okay. Like, it's, um, it was just, it was, it was really well done. It was, it's the same kind of, like, uncertainty that sometimes you get when you see the panel bleed through the middle of the staple mm-hmm. fold and you're like, Oh, this is a full, this is a full left to right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. To figure out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my sometimes part, it works both ways. My you're favorite like, part of this panel is, um, two things. One, he's reading an aim newspaper. Yeah. Full propaganda. Newspaper. And, they have a printing press. They're a, they have writers and photographers and yeah. illustrators who do an AIM-only newspaper. 
Yeah, and the photography don't... is of people in ancient you don't, costumes. You don't same. maintain uh, uh, propaganda or or just a, a cult yeah. without top tier propaganda. It's yeah, true. yeah. There it's are true. AIM members um, whose job second, is to just write. Yeah. My second favorite part is that the AIM outfit is a onesie. That he yeah, has, he, he is, yeah. he is sitting completely naked on the toilet yeah. because yeah. because it's a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and of course, helmet on. Of course, still. Guys, there's no there's no access panel in your aim uniform. Right. Yeah, it's not. It's not like one of those. It's one a, of those old timey. It's a full yeah. kit. Pajamas. The whole nine. Yeah. I'm just saying, for now, a group called a Advanced Idea Mechanics, you would think they would create zippers. Everyone uh, has a Katie, budget. You have, Everyone you has have a budget. no idea. You have no idea why that is so advanced. <laughs> I say, why this I'm choice. so not advanced <laughs> exactly. that I can't even yeah. comprehend. You yeah. could not begin to understand the, <laughs> the advantages <laughs> of getting mostly nude when you're on the Also, toilet. too, the, the level of efficiency involved with just one piece of clothing <laughs> and, and, like, one accessory – uh, creates X amount of more time for them to uh, work on the A and the I and the M papers. of yeah. AIM. So, yeah. the idea mechanics part. <laughs> now, I have a question. A few pages before this, they uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine teleport in uh, that that page on the left, and when Wolverine falls off the mm-hmm. side. Of something like they don't teleport in with him off the side. He just falls over. Oh, I so I, I read the, I read that as you know they he just cut it too close to the edge and he was like Ugh, as soon as he got his bearing. That's what I was thinking at yeah. first too. But he is squarely on the on the ground. Well, there. I mean, he's got a wide gate, so they teleported in, and only one foot was yeah. down. Hmm. <laughs> but luckily, Nightcrawler grabs him, and they're yeah. Fine. This book is great. Yeah. This I like the really chamber funny. too. Yeah. I always like the genera- uh, Generation X. And I think, yep. uh, I think the, um, they just murder a lot in this book, but I think this, yeah. so this is the first four digital chapters. And I think Shalvi wrote Andrew the next handful of chapters. Because they have a whole thing here where you can go online and actually finish reading it, but I, I think they are actually going to print the next issue. The next issue. Um, oh, there's also a, a digital first of um, Dugan wrote one that's like this too. Okay. So I don't know. I, I, I like. I feel usually when we say stuff like "ah, oh, it's digital first, it's essentially it's usually like a poorly done and or like almost yeah. comics. And then when they translate it. Yeah. I remember one we were reading that, you know, we looked at the print versus the digital first one, and there was clearly like a leg. Yeah, it wasn't. They just Batman. from one part to the yeah. next. That was yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, it was Batman. Was I am Batman, Second Son, or something. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is not like that at all. You wouldn't know. And the art no. itself is really good too. Like yeah. just the Declan Shelby is one of my favorites. He's great. Drawing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shadow War Alpha number one from DC Comics by Joshua Williamson and Victor Bogdanovic. When Deathstroke assassinates Ra's al Ghul, Talia al Ghul demands revenge and sends her League of Shadows to kill Deathstroke and Deathstroke Incorporated. Batman and Robin must team up to track down Deathstroke and bring him to justice. But do they? 
Expect over-the-top fights, action, mystery, and betrayal as this crossover event creates a major impact on the DCU. I didn't read it. You didn't read it. Didn't Did read it. This creates a major impact on the DCU. Yeah, Damn there's... it. Had I known that in advance, I would have read it. Non-stop fights and all those other hyperbole. Things that they said. Yeah. 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 Brian, what did How you think? It? I don't it's care. Here. Ooh, this looks nice though. Uh Bogdanovic is, is good. Like he's a fill in for um detective or I'm sorry, fill in makes it sound bad. He's like the swapped out art here and there for detective with Tomasi and then as well as with Dan Mora. He also did a bunch of Super Sun stuff. Like he's been a solid DC guy for a while. That no one talks about. Yeah, I mean he's good if you really want a um There's uh, a little bit of porter in there. Who, <laughs> and it's it's um gosh what's his name scott's it's capullo capullo yeah yeah this is this oh, is yeah. capullo all day yeah mm. especially the jaw lines yeah, yeah yeah the way he draws um rasha ghoul is essentially just old bruce capullo's old bruce mm. um yeah i this book maybe these characters you know the the rasha ghoul of it all have very specific audiences. I'm not the mark for this book, but I wanted to right. give it a Ooh. shot. Oh yeah, they straight up kill him. That's right, JD. Yeah. Um, Serious. Impact. I'm I'm not I'm not the mark for this book. There's sometimes when I'll read a book like this and I'll hope that it's the exception, not the rule, that kind of drags me in because I usually not the mark for it. Um, this wasn't it, but. I can recognize that if you are fans of the demon and the whole like League of Assassins stuff, you'll fucking love this. This was it was very by the numbers and like a well done way. This was that was a cool scene, like what I should say versus what I do. There's a lot of cool bits here, but I at, at some level, I, I think I just don't care because. I don't really care about Rasha Ghul and Talia Ghul. What do you think, Brian? Uh, I I have always liked yeah. Rasha Ghul. I like to pronounce it Rasha Ghul, and then at one point found out it's because everyone was like, "I don't know, it's Raish," and then apparently it's like two different dialects. So I'm like, "All right, I'm going to go back to Rasha." Um, but uh, that may not be right. I don't speak Arabic, but uh, yeah, I so I always thought he was cool. I always liked Talia more as the uh, torn between loyalty to Ross, but love of Batman. And, and for the last like 15 years, she's just been a, a another Ross Ogle, basically like a villain. Yeah. Um, so, eh. but it doesn't look like they're going back on that anytime soon. Um, I think that's, that's where this book lost me though. So um, it started, it starts in a, Fascinating place. The Lazarus pits aren't working as well as they used to. Rosh, for the first time, or Ras, whatever. Uh, R-A-G. Um, he, for the first time, has been feeling his age. So he's becoming sentimental, which is a good conflict. I'm down. So he decides to turn himself in uh, to use the what's left of the pits science to actually help, as opposed to... he has He makes the decision to stop considering or treating the human race as a virus, <laughs> which is a decent turn. Um, but yeah. then they just kill him 
and the rest of the conflict is Talia mad, Talia yeah. kill. Which so it's go. it started yeah. interesting, and this is a kind of a cool, at least in modern times, a cool new conflict with an established character that makes sense. Mm. But then they just immediately within the issue reverse it and go back yeah. to the trope of Talia Mad Murder All, which was done by yeah, Morrison, like, it was done by Dixon, it was done by like and it was just recently done by Bendis. It's just the same fucking plot point. And I'm that's where I lost. And also me. kind of a thing, you know, where he's like, I'm gonna give the whole world the secrets of the Lazarus pit. Right after this sentence that I'm about to say right now, hopefully nobody shoots me. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and it's like what is it? Yeah, it, was, it was kind of a cheap death trick. Stroke. And why would he do it that way? Yeah. You know? Why why wouldn't you just release it and then like this is where you were you gonna say all the equations? I don't know. Like what are you gonna do? I don't know. It was uh, it was it yeah. it it could have been interesting, but as of right now, it's just samesies. And that's what I meant by, like, I'm not maybe the audience or the mark for this story because it very quickly turned into something that is very familiar. So I was like, all right. I agree. Like, I I really like the Russell Gould stuff, but the whole all bat and non-powered characters and assassins are at war story is definitely yeah, not I don't care. one that I'm like super into unless it happens to be a I also awesome story. I also don't love uh Joshua Williamson's um interpretation of Deathstroke. I think it's super weird and very mm. playful. And it I Yeah, where like he's it. yeah, cuz it's not Deathstroke. As, as oh yeah, that did, did not do this. But yeah. but we read the first and, we yeah. read the first two issues of that Deathstroke Deathstroke Inc. book, and it's yeah. like a fucking comedy. It's like this dude is a, yeah. an assassin, a very yeah. brutal assassin. It's also very recently a statutory rapist, and it's just I mean you can't just immediately make him jokey, right? The best, it's yeah, just, like the. It, the best that he is is like he's got integrity and he can sometimes yeah. turn sort of to good. Shitty but for then, the right reasons, yeah, making but him, always shitty. Yeah, yeah, and he's not a he doesn't joke around no. with people. Him, you know? and, him and Black Canary yeah. bantering was just like, what the fuck am I reading? Like it just it felt really, yeah. really weird. And this is that Deathstroke, and I'm. I mean, he's got. I guess since stopping reading that book, there's. A whole like cadre of D-list supervillains that he's working with. There was Prometheus was in there, and someone else. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but by then I was just kind of checked out. I'd be very interested yeah. to see like if this because I guess this is like a big old crossover amongst all the Bat yes. Family books. Yeah, I guess maybe. So. I don't um. know. I don't know. You know, um, it's something we haven't seen. Although we probably won't after the, after uh, he got killed, but we haven't seen the like. I think I'm doing the right thing, and I need to eliminate most of humanity for that to happen. Side of Russell Cole in quite yeah. some time. You know, they they've kind of left that by the wayside, and he's just the mastermind ruler of the League of Assassins, League of Shadows. Um, and I think that's cool. I like his, uh, I like his, like, I'm an environmentalist, and the problem with the Earth yeah. is that there's about 
7 billion too many people. I think, yeah, um, that's, that's, I think that's the reason why this, I was even more harsh on this book because if it was just straightforward, the second half would be like, oh, all right, that's comfort. Yeah. But it had such a cool premise of what if yeah. RAG decided to, I don't know, switch sides for a hot second, you know, like make a good argument yeah. for it. And it's a good yeah. reason, too. He was always like, I think humanity is a real big problem. And then he's like, you know what? I've been looking around and humanity yeah, is actually but then, pretty good. But then they, they can do a lot of good stuff. They immediately fridge him for yeah. this boring-ass Talia plot. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, there's last that's true. It's around. I, we'll, we'll see what happens. But even, even you know, yeah. that's the only interesting thing about it, too, because even Talia refuses to use the Lazarus pit to heal her, like, yeah. wound. So is there something going on with the pits that we don't know about? Which I thought was cool. But, um, I don't know. But he was about to give it the secrets. So he said knows? what was left of the Lazarus pits. There's probably something we don't know. But uh, we're, like, we're probably losing yeah. listeners left and right. Um, I mean, read, I'm not this, find out. read this at your awesome. at your own peril. Let us know if we're completely wrong, and the next two issues or chapters of this crossover are just like dudes. I'll totally go back and read it. I just this one kind of left me cold. <laughs> well, let's move the frick on to talk about Moon Knight, the Moon Knight the Marvel TV show series. Oh yes, the Marvel. Well, yeah, the Marvel series Moon Knight. There you go, the Marvel the television the series. Yeah. Yes, streaming. <clears throat> um, you know, I should have brought this it. up, but I didn't. Oh, is it in the notes? Do you have a synopsis? Oh, I didn't. Notes? I didn't put a no. synopsis uh, in there. It's just directed, directed by Mohammed Diab, starring Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, and May Kalam Kalamoi. May Kalamoi. Um, this was pretty good. I think the best part of it was Oscar Isaac. Um, is it Isaac's? It was a pretty big Isaac? part of it. Isaac, singular. But like the work he does in this series is extraordinary. I think he's very, very good in this. Um, I've seen at this point a lot of Oscar Isaac m- movies and mm. him taking my... What, what, the way I know Oscar Isaac to be generally in his films and creating this new schlubby, dopey character with a British accent, uh, I think was very, very well done. I think a lot of people would overdo it. And I think he's right there. He's at the cusp of overdoing it. But it never quite... It never quite breaches that for me i think it's it's quite believable and quite charming uh especially the scene where he finally uh goes and gets a steak um and the sequences wherein he wakes up in more and more dangerous situations more and more confused and concerned i think all really worked Uh, i think that stuff was really charming and fun to watch I think the CG of this TV show is not up to par with Marvel standards. I think there's been a bunch of times. Oh, really? uh, there's, there's a bunch of times in this show where, uh, you know, cars are crashing into each other. Things are happening. I'm like, that's not there. That's fake. Um, I also really don't like his full CG costume. 
Uh, as soon as oh, he really? stands, as soon as he stands up, and I saw the cape, I was like, "Oh, that's CG." And then when he turns around and the camera rushes towards him, all CG. Um, so all that stuff sort of bothered me. But the thing itself, uh, and Oscar Isaac itself, was was great. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. What did you think, Noel? Oh, um, all all positives for me. Um, I it, it were were what five, four or five. Marvel shows in at this point, the Disney plus shows, three or four of them, either way. Yeah. It's taken that long for me to actually understand the format. Um, these are not typical pilots or episodes of a TV show. This is a six hour movie. Um, yeah. So it's very difficult to just judge it on one. I saw a lot of people reacting to the first episode as if it was a whole piece and normal TV shows, it would have been a whole piece. This wasn't, and and that's okay because that's the format they're working in. It felt, it felt very much like a first issue. It's it was just mm-hmm. tease. It was the introduction of a major conflict, and then it goes away. Like for television standards, that could be jarring. But since we've been reading comic books for the last thirty years, it's it, there's a certain comfort to it. It also gives a certain leeway. Um, I'm more excited for the second issue. Uh, the se- second issue. Um, and then I was watching a bunch of interviews of, of the cast, like passively while I was at work today. Um, and what I found interesting was every single one of the actors that they're interviewing kept referring to it as a Marvel movie and we're doing a Marvel movie and I got hired for a Marvel movie. None of them are referring to it as a TV show, which I thought was really cool. Um, they're all approaching it the same way. They've been told to do that. Potentially. You know, they're like, every time you're in a Marvel project, refer to it as a Marvel. They were, they were all very just kind of like, not that there's like a prestige issue anymore because television is just as prestigious as, as movies as opposed to 20 years ago. But yeah, there's a level of, of complexity that they're going for. And I just, I, appreciate the shit out of the swing of it. Um, and just that they want to make it like, this is, these are all happening. Yeah. This is just as important happening in this universe. This is just as impactful and as important as Shang-Chi as Eternals. This is, this is legitimate, not a side story. Right. Right. This is an agent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm very positive about all that. I thought, um, Ethan Hawke was fucking creepy and great. I love him. And the yeah. fact that he's in a Marvel thing just kind of blows my mind because less than a couple months ago we were watching Before Sunrise. Um, uh, Iscar Isaac is just perfect. Um, I I love the hot takes about his accent, but then I think a lot of people aren't understanding the the fact that he's not British, uh, but his personality thinks he's British or whatever he's in thinks he's British. Mm. So it's it is a fake accent in context also. And I thought that that was a cool bit of business. Um, yeah, I, I just like this a lot. Yeah, it was fun. More so than Brian. yeah, me too. The other one. I've uh, I've always liked Moon Knight. I like Egyptian, you know, uh, Egyptian pantheon stuff, and um, and so I I'm glad that they're doing that version of Moon Knight because sometimes he's just a guy with you know with gadgets and a costume and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but. And I'm glad that Marvel in general seems to be, you know, they gave Shang-Chi the Ten Rings. They gave, you know, that I like that. I prefer that. Um, uh, 
uh, you know, in, in stories of this nature. So yeah, he was great. Oscar Isaac was great. There was, it, this happens all the time in, in shows of this nature, but if, if you're a, if you have a date and you are two days late for that date and you call up and you're like, where are you? It's, fr- it's Sunday. I thought it was Friday. What kind of mad person would be like, lose my number. What do you say? Like, they know each other, they, right? Wouldn't she be like, are you serious? You know, he, you wasn't, he wasn't in work the last two days. Right, <laughs> right. You think the question would be like, hey, man, you disappeared for two days. What's up? Yeah. You all right? Like, what, what's going on? And Where, also, you just, I, I, yeah. I said the same thing to Sushan. I was like, just say the words, hey, I don't know what happened. I've literally been asleep for two days. I don't know what's going on. I'm so, you know yeah. what I mean? But instead, because they want. I have a want, sleep thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got narco sleepy. Oh, well. I've got narco sleepy. I can, I can, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's not even worth pushing, but uh, he does have that whole bit at the beginning or when he's talking to the mannequin <laughs> where how is he going to be able to date somebody or when, when, when he starts dating, does he broach the subject of, I have to chain myself up when I go to sleep. Right. Uh, oh, that's true. That's so, true. you know, it's not something he, Hey, by the way, I lose that's time. True. So maybe we could redo this date. Sure. Like it's more like, you're mm. right. That's a good point. Um, I was thinking more from her end though. That's true. Like, if somebody told me that I'd be like, Oh wow. That's, oh, I also, no, I also really dug the, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a scene in the, the, my, there's a scene in the bathroom when Ma- the CG for me yeah. broke apart, not with his costume, with the monster. I thought the monster was weak, but I was okay with the mm. costume because at least it looked mostly physical. And I know that they did make that costume. So there was also at least photo reference for the physical costume. Whereas that Anubis monster was just like a video game character. Um, yeah. But the revelation of... Mark and Mark and Steven talking for the first time. They were physically different. They were visually different and they were clearly different. You know, like it was, those were two different people talking Mm -hmm. to each other and it was just, it was really effective in a really simple way. Like even the way that the camera pans, it's a close up on Steven and you see his reflection in the background, blurry talking to him, not moving with him. And then all of a sudden it comes into focus. It was just really fucking impressive. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you don't really get like there's a, a short time where he, he's got, like his face is entirely in shadow, mm-hmm. and they're talking. You know, it, it was a very cool way to reveal. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously we all know he looks exactly the same, but yeah. yeah, but like you know, like the the difference between the glassy eyes, the bags under his eyes, and the pale skin versus confident Oscar Isaac, same exact person, but mm. they are not the same person. I thought that was a really really cool clear visual way and also too i thought it was fucking gnarly that he woke up on a countryside with a dislocated jaw that was so yeah, yeah. i yeah. was like oh, oh, he, waves oh. at, he waves at the guy and the guy waves <laughs> <Yeah>. back <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i forgot about the wave that oh, was hilarious yeah. I, um that was in, the, cool. in the comments uh oh in the comments, oh. I am so Todd said I am so old. I read the first ever issue of uh, Moon Knight by M- M- I never knew how to say this Monk Doug Monch Mensch Monk Doug Monk. I think it's yeah. I don't think it's that one. I thought and it was Monk. I think it's Mensch. Mensch. First episode was good, but not enough to really judge what is still to come. I wish at least a couple episodes had been released at once. Um. 
Mars says, I was upset with my husband when he was two hours late for our second date. Car trouble? Two days? I don't know. He wouldn't be your husband. It was car trouble. Uh, what could he Mars, do Mars, Mars, I think if it was two days, then he just wouldn't be your husband. Yeah. Uh, and how says, also, not- Mars Comics, was this before cell phones? Like, he didn't have a way right. to call you yeah. or anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Hal says, not to Nick Pitt. Nick Pitt. 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 <clears throat> What's the word? Nick. Nitpick. Nitpick, it's that nit- is. It's, oh, it's nitpick. Oh, he says nitpick. Yeah, but it was don't messing me up. Either. Yeah. Uh, not to nitpick, but wouldn't his cell phone have the day and date on it when he woke up? Ooh. Um, wait. That's a really good point. That's but a good point. He did also have a. But he had a flip phone as uh, Stephen. He Gr- saw the, the time guy. and ran. But then also, right, we're true. dealing with a sleep-deprived, unreliable narrator. Mm. So I feel like applying basic common sense to somebody that is manic is probably not the hill to die on narratively, right? But also to counter that, I would say if you have a long running thing where you have to chain yourself to the bed, the first thing yeah. one does if you lose time is go, how much time did I time lose? Is it? What day is it today? Yeah. You might, I mean, yeah. yeah. Also, um, I also felt like the whole thing with the sand and the tape and all that stuff, yeah. I'm like, this is... Maybe he doesn't know. He just thinks he's ambling about because yeah. yeah. he, he. It's not hard to replace the sand and the right, tape yeah. when he comes yeah. back in. I, you know? Well, because yeah. he clearly does. Like he doesn't know he's being used. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Anthony also, Drago says, as a person who has never read Moon Knight, going in with no pre knowledge, I dug it. Oscar Isaac kills it. Nice. Agreed. Oh, who thinks? Um, who thinks that there's no mom? That he's leaving. Oh no! To. I think it's like a Dropbox. <laughs> I like. I think he's leaving messages. T- so I, I'm assuming Mark Spector is some version of a mercenary and/or archaeologist or something, just that ties him in. Yeah. I think it's yeah. he's leaving messages at like a coded Dropbox, unwillingly or unknowingly. You know, like oh, I think, think so. so. Oh, I just thought it was just like something that he thinks is real. If, and is just like nobody's checking those messages, but it could. Uh, be. Yeah, it could I think be he's coded. he's like he has the number. He thinks it's his mother. Maybe mother doesn't mean the same thing to Stephen that it does to Mark. And he's just been leaving these messages. I'm leaving messages to my mom because I. So, Steve, I'm assuming Mark is primary. The actual person that was born is named Mark Spector. So that means everything else is a fabrication or a divergence, right? They doesn't have its own family parents so like mother may be something else that he just uh, steven assumes and is leaving messages i don't think it's a real person yeah oh no no. um oh speaking of real or not real i thought it was interesting where he's he's talking to the his supervisor and he's like hey by the way you know there are nine of the aeneid the egyptian gods uh but there's only seven here i'm wondering i don't know off the top of my head, which gods are or are not in the Aeneid. But uh, I'm wondering if there's if there's only seven in our world and he, like, knows about two extras that none mm. of the archaeologists know about. Do you about, think it's the... Which I think would be cool. Amit and Khonshu? Or... Could be. I don't know enough. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, so the one... I, Amit, is that the one that... Uh, the Judgment. That's, that's yeah. Ethan Hawke's character's one? Yeah. That name doesn't sound familiar, and I don't think is any of the people that would judge you. 
it's in the in the, in the afterlife. afterlife, but I'm not it's, certain. It's um, it's the at least in the first couple issues because that's all I read so far in the Lemire run, the Lemire and beautiful, beautiful Smallwood run. Um, he's in a mental institution, and his doctor slash jailer, her name is Emmett, and he pieces it together. He's like Emmett, Emmett, Amit, the God of Judgment. It's just a, so I think they're pulling pieces from that as well as um, old stuff. And I have a question. her titles include Devourer of the Dead, Eater of Hearts, and Great of Death. That's, Great as in and like cooks a or, mean potato salad. Uh, what was your question, JD? Yeah. Uh, Anthony says, is there a secret entry slash exit out of the apartment that Mark knows, but Stephen doesn't? It's a good point since there was the hidden. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the hidden, uh, my, but my question is about concealed. Moon Knight. Him, yeah. uh, the character. So I know uh, what I'm thinking of is Hawkman. And Hawkman has had different mm-hmm. iterations throughout its comic book history. And then Jeff Johns mm-hmm. came along and sort of wrapped every wrapped all of those versions of Hawkman into one Hawkman. They're all yeah. he is he is uh, what is it? Um He's being reborn over and over again. And that's why there's different yes. versions of Hawkman. That's why. And it's all because the writers couldn't get shit straight over the decades, right? So they would change stuff and made everything confusing. Is that yes. what happened with Moon Knight? I've not, the only Moon Knight I've read was like the first two issues of the Brian Michael Bendis. All the personalities in his head are actually Avengers, like Spider-Man and Wolverine. And then the Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood complete collection, which I'm currently reading. And I haven't finished. Um, so my question is, is this something that happened to Moon Knight where writers throughout the decades sort of like gave him different personnel or different, um, uh, what's the I word? I think so. Um, I, be- I believe egos? that it is. No, yeah. I think from Jump. And so this had... eventually someone. Go ahead. Finish your question. Finish your question. You, you know what, you know, you know, you know what the end of my question was. Okay. Do Well, I just think from Jump, the multiple versions of uh mark has been from jump because i'm looking at the the original so. omnibus and the cover is him in like 17 different costumes i'll show you like it's you're so are you asking were all these personas real like from jump or were you asking was it always a version of did dissociative identity disorder this i was wondering if this was a hawkman situation where different writers gave him different abilities and alter egos over the years. And then someone came along and was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if these were all personalities in the same person's head? That is my understanding, is that that was the case. At least in the very beginning, he was just Mark Spector. And then also at times, it's not the traditional dissociative identity disorder. They are actual other people well, I don't know. Maybe that's the case with all the ideas. But, uh, yeah. you know, in the traditional sense, they are like other embodied human beings who were merged into one. And then so that was Todd, gotten rid of. You know, Todd kind of said thing. he read the first ever issue of Moon Knight. So Todd could answer right, Todd. us if he's still with us. He could tell us, was he always like this? So there's yeah, there Mark Spector, the, nice. Stephen Grant, John Lockley, a cabbie, a mercenary, yeah. a, a playboy billionaire. They have always been from jump a, a a part of it. Um, gotcha. Or were they always, I thought they were just like identities that he pretended to have. 
Oh, like you know um, I mean Batman and um, Match. What's it? Match Matches Malone. Like Matches Malone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like the Shadow. Uh, I, d- I yeah. don't know how. I don't know when and how. Um, they merged into one. If that's the case, yeah. but in at least the last thirty years. 25 to 30 years it has been oh, yeah, yeah it's been a while so yeah yeah for sure and also too that might have been a thing where they so you know sensibilities weren't very sensitive sensible oh in uh back then so yeah they would just kind of refer to him as crazy he's the you know he goes crazy um and the definitions of what that really is have been layered on top of it since so i think it was always berserk here was never been super clear which is primary personality but yeah i'd go with specter as his main self that's todd engel saying that but what i'm trying to say is i don't think that so in the instances of hawkman that was constant continuity blunders that they merged together for something him having multiple personas was always a part of it was it always defined as a did or multiple personality disorder probably not but it was always implied part of it a thing him losing himself in this or that or are am i talking to steven or am i talking to, to mark kind of thing um but the super super supernatural aspects of it have a, either always been downplayed or amped up that's never really had a consistency with all of the stuff that i've read so yeah, like yeah, the yeah. stuff sometimes the country stuff is not yeah, sometimes it's it's, not sometimes it's questionable yeah. whether this is a a very unstable man who dresses up in white and thinks he's a avatar of Kanchu, and sometimes he literally does have strength and super abilities because he is the avatar of Kanchu. Mm-hmm. that like so the the bendis stuff they've he's a he has the same abilities for the most part at least on paper as daredevil like he's just really, really good in the fight, and he has people in his head. He could be mystical. He may not be. But then the you know the the current Jason Aaron stuff. He is a straight on avatar oh, of yeah. a god, and he punches a moon. So like, I, I don't know. He like took down most, if not yeah, all, of the. Yeah, he was literally, and, and he yeah. was taking them in onyxes, like shot. just taking their. Yeah, it was actually a really fun run. Um, it was fun. But yeah. I am glad that this show, instead of trying to bend over backwards to create real world or grounded aspects of these like member berries for a character, they just go straight supernatural. They're like, God, monsters, uh, supernatural, let's roll. Like, I actually really, really dug that. Uh, Todd says, oh yeah, his multiple personality has always been implied, and the supernatural stuff came later. He used to have his three personalities, but it wasn't portrayed as a mental disorder. It was a different time back then. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so like the one-for-one of Hawkman, maybe publishing-wise works, but not story-wise. Because Hawkman was just a fucking mess. Mars Mars was chiming in about the Avengers run, Fist of Khonshu, was so much fun. It's fun, yeah. Oh, guys, so... uh, I've looked it up. Ahmed was, uh, you know, the the eater of hearts. Um, lives near the scales of justice in Duat, the Egyptian underworld, where Anubis weighs the heart of a person against uh, generally the feather of Ma'at, the goddess of truth. So Ahmed was not responsible for weighing anything. If it was judged, if you didn't pass the judgment, 
I'm an eight year heart. That's, uh, that's I think that's what heart. happens yeah. when those with those people. Like he doesn't do yeah. the she. Sorry, she doesn't do the yeah. judgment. She's just the she just executor the of it, right? Yeah. Um. I uh. So I know it's a lot of it's lip service, but they kept banging on about how they are actively trying to be not only respectful but as accurate as possible in regards to hmm. Egyptian mythology and pantheon. Uh, sorry, pantheon. Yeah. Um. He. Mm-hmm. The director and the writers, they're actually like half of them are Egyptian and they're, they're leaning into it heavy. Like what was the, mm-hmm. what was the pitch? Uh, Fly Club meets Indiana Jones. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. But that's cool. That's, I didn't hear that, that either. That's, that's cool. the tone that they're going for. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I'm very excited for this. I like, yeah, I think this is cool. This is fun. Uh, but I don't, uh, I don't think that because this is a six hour movie, um, we could probably hold off on reacting to it till it's over at this point. Right. Like, I don't know if checking in every week, it's going to be like, I think nothing's going to actually like happen until the third or fourth yeah. week. And then you're just two weeks away. I don't know. Like, this is a cool start. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I'm excited for more. All right, let's get the hell out of here. I got orders to do. I got, I got to track down an issue of moon Knight number one. Cause I want to read it. Um, all right. All right. Uh, anyone who wants to hang out with us, do so Monday nights at 9 p.m. here uh, where, where you currently are. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast version of this on iTunes and Spotify and all those other Jimmy Jams. Uh, what if they want to give us podcast. money somehow? You can give us money by going to uh, patreon.com slash Destructo and help us out yeah. there. That would be wonderful. If you don't have any money, that's okay. Neither do we. Uh, you can just like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. Mars says, great show. Thanks. Thank you, Mars. Um, thank you, and everyone who's down in the chat, thank you so much. You make the show infinitely more fun for me. Because congratulations, to Brian. To people who aren't these jerks. And oh, uh, Brian, uh, congrats. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Con- you know what? Congratulations, Brian, for, for being here. Just wait a bit. Latest gators. Oh, yeah. Hal says, Hal says, latest gators. Um, all right, guys, thanks so much, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Man Young Piet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>